We did some digging. Who did some digging this week? Jaden, did you think you were going to do some digging at VBS? Yeah, sort of. Yeah, this week for VBS, we had the theme, Seek Truth, Find Jesus. It was Destination Dig, based out of Jeremiah 29, 13. And, and so, the, so this week, we actually didn't do any digging with a shovel. I, I mean, that's, that's probably a good thing because we would have tore up the property. <laughs> so I think, I think we did enough damage, but we didn't need to do more. But this week, it was really fun to see VBS. It was really fun to see the kids in this building. That was the first time that I've got to be here for a VBS. I mean, last year we did a virtual VBS, and that was a lot of fun, but just a different kind of fun. Now, this year, it was still different than all the normal years, but at least we got to be here. And some of the time, we got to be inside for the, the singing and worship, and also I got to talk to the kids about our mission project that I told you guys about last week. And so some of the, during that time, I got to talk a little bit about what it is to seek truth and find Jesus. And, and are we digging for truth? Are we digging and seeking God with all our heart? Are we digging down to find the truth of Jesus? And so that was my prayer this week, that the kids would, you know, whether they are churched or not churched, or, may, or whether they know Jesus or not, that they would be searching after Jesus with all their heart and seeking his truth alone. And, and I hope that we all prayed, and I, I know you, a lot of you guys, or most of you probably prayed, that we would be, that not just for the volunteers and the teachers, but also for these kids and their families, that they would be finding the truth and love of Jesus. So thank you all who are praying, and we have that on the next slide. Thank you for praying uh, for VBS this week. Thank you for all the people that helped. Let's give a big round of applause for everybody that helped with VBS. And I know especially the teachers, and I know especially uh, Susie Knox and, and Megan Hansons, as they were taking the leadership of this VBS, and, and they had to do something they had never done before. They had to figure out how to do, uh, how to shorten it in three days, how to have all these safety regulations, how to have most of it outside, how to do rotations. There was just a lot of differences this year, so it was really cool to see the creativity that came out of this VBS, and maybe... Uh, maybe a few of those things will, will be impacted in the future that way. Um, but hopefully we can be inside the air conditioning uh, in the coming years. But it was just really cool to see VBS firsthand this year uh, for me. And it's a really great thing that East Bend and Dewey partner with in working together with the, these kids, not just our own kids, but the kids in our communities and our prayers that, that many kids would come to know the truth of Jesus. And we're going to talk about that today, what the truth of Jesus is, and what this theme verse for the, the week was. And so I know there's not a lot of kids here today that were at VBS, but I know I see uh, the Goofs, and I see two of my girls. Um, I know that some other, I mean, two of my kids are traveling, and Kelly kids are traveling, but, and I know there's a few junior high, no. Uh, uh, anyways, so, what, so our theme verse was Jeremiah 29, 13. So uh, any, of the, any of the kids want to come up and say it, what it is? Because I know you guys all know it. It's just you want to say it in front of everybody. Okay, Jaden's going to come. All right. We'll see if 
Do we have a microphone? Oh, I should have thought about that. Grab this one. Thanks, Kenny. All right, Jaden, come up here. Don't read it off the screen. All right, tell us what, it, what the verse was this week. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Jeremiah 29, 13. Very good. All right, great job. All right, Emily wants to say it too. You will seek me and find me and search for me with all your heart, Jeremiah 29, 13. All right, very good. Any last chances? Any last chances? Okay. All right. Well, that verse right there is, was the verse we learned this week. And this, this idea of seeking after God, seeking after Yahweh, the God of the Old Testament, the God of the New Testament, Jesus, the God, the triune God, Jesus, the Father and the Spirit. And when we seek after Jesus, when we seek after God, we're going to find God. But it's when we seek after God with all our heart. And so I, I think this is just a really, really important truth that, that we know. And, and I told the kids this week, it's not just for you guys, it's not just for the kids to know this week. I mean, it's great that a few days later, two of the kids can say it in front of church without even being asked about it, because they still know it. But I hope that they know it and know the truth of this verse throughout their life. And I, and I said that this week. Throughout their lives, let's, let's know that when we seek after God, when we seek after God with all our heart, we're going to find Him. Because God is a relational God. He's a personal God who wants us to be in relationship with Him. Amen. Right? Yeah. God is a personal God. <clears throat> and so He wants to be sought after. He wants us to find Him. He wants us to know his heart. And that's really cool. Uh, actually, I should, I should have asked the kids this. Um, not too late. But kids, what does that verse mean to you? What does it mean to you? Okay. Uh, memorize it. Okay, but what, is, what does the verse mean? Kaylee, you want, want to say anything? Sorry to call you out. <laughs> you don't have to. No? Lucy? Emily? Okay. Jaden? Do you have something to say? Okay, come here. Everybody needs to hear you. All right, what, so what does this verse mean? We're trying to seek Jesus. We're trying to seek Jesus? Yeah. All right, so we seek after Jesus. And we seek him not just, with a little, not just on Sundays or not just every once in a while, but we seek after him with our whole hearts. Okay? And that's really good. That's a truth that we need to know. And it's anybody that, that loves Jesus, is we need to be seeking after his heart to know him more. And anybody that doesn't know Jesus, it says that we can seek after him and find him. We can understand, actually, we probably can never really understand the grace that he gives us. But we can try to understand and respond to Jesus in that way. And I, when I looked at this verse, I, I, I looked at a few different translations, and I looked it up in, in Hebrew to try to figure out a little bit about this. 
But in Hebrew, this first part where it says, you will seek me, okay? This, this first part, you will seek me. Now, it's in this, in this, in this stem in Hebrew called PL. Can we say PL? And it's not the Spanish word that means skin. I know you guys all know Spanish, right? PL is a stem, and whenever, whenever a verb in Hebrew is, is translated in as PL, it's a way of intensifying the verb. It's a way of saying, it's giving it this intensity. It's like a lot of times repetitive. And I was taught in seminary, it's, a, it's usually pretty safe when you see a PL verb stem to assume that you can say really in front of it. So translate it. So instead of you will seek me, it's you will, when you will really seek me. When you all out go after me. When you seek me, and then, you know, with all my heart, when you, when you really, really seek me, when you are really looking for me, God's saying that you're going to find me. Not just like, oh, where are you, God? Where? I don't know. No, but when you're all out seeking God. And the, the message translation even says, when you come looking for me, you'll find me. So when you come looking for me, that, that's a little, bit more, uh, a little bit more stronger than you will seek me. Like, when you come looking, when you are seeking God with all our hearts, when he, we are after him, we're going to find him. And I think that's kind of more the emphasis there. And the, the Net Bible translates it this way. It says, when you seek me in prayer and worship, you will find me available to you. For if, if you seek me with all your heart, and then verse 14 says, I will make myself available to you, says the Lord. And, and so that, that, that translation in the, in the Net Bible, it's not on the screen, sorry, but that, that translation is... is even further emphasizing when you seek me in prayer and worship. And that's, that's how we find God, right? We, we seek after the Lord through our corporate worship, through our individual worship, through prayer, but when we are seeking after Him. And they note this in, their, in the Bible. It says that this, if you wholeheart, they're talking about wholeheartedly seeking the Lord. If you, if you are wholeheartedly seeking the Lord, it says... The, the, this translation attempts to reflect the theological, theological nuances of seeking and finding with this significance of what the heart is all about. And, and, the, and we've, we looked at this a few months ago, what the heart is in Old Testament. What the, it's, it's connected to emotions. So when you're seeking with all of your emotions, with all of who you are, you know, you know Moses was saying in Deuteronomy, Seek after the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul. And he's saying, love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And then Jesus added in the New Testament, and with all your mind, right? With everything, we're seeking after the Lord. Now, one thing that's really interesting, whenever I hear these verses in Jeremiah 29, I, I see a lot of times, and, I've, and, I, and I did the same thing when I was in high school, and I think Ellen did too, and she was graduating high school. This, this great verse, and we see that on a lot of mugs and t-shirts and stuff, Jeremiah 29, 13, or Jeremiah 29, 11. And these verses are talking about how when, when God's going to give us a hope and a future, and, how, and it's really good. But the context of these verses is a little different than when I graduate from high school or when I just want to know that I, God has a plan for me. 
Now, does God have a plan for each of us? Yes. Yes. Emily knows that. I didn't hear a big yes. Does God have a plan for us? Yes. Yes, he does. Of course he does. But in this context, Jeremiah 29, let's, let's actually read this. So I encourage you to open your Bibles to Jeremiah 29, and we're just going to read, read starting in verse 10 to try to see this context of what these verses are about and how we are to seek the Lord with all our heart, with our everything. All right, so in Jeremiah 29, and we're just going to read a few verses here from 10 to 14. So Jeremiah is in the Old Testament. It is near the end of the Old Testament, but it's not with the minor prophets. It's not with the, uh, the minor prophets yet, so it's not the very end. But you can find it. It's past Psalms, so if you're still looking, keep, keep going. Jeremiah is a big book, so you should be able to land on it. It's right after Isaiah. And in Jeremiah 29, this is what the prophet Jeremiah is saying. He says in, in verse 10, Jeremiah 29, 10, And this is what the Lord Yahweh says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise and bring you back to this place. So, okay, so 70 years, 70 years they're going to be in captivity. Keep that in mind, 70 years the people of Israel are in captivity. Verse 11, this is the big verse that a lot of us use, even I did when I was in high school. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and to not harm you and to give you a hope and a future. Great, great promise, great, great truth. Just not sure it's talking to each of us. (laughs) All right, then verse 12. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I, the Lord, will listen to you. Amazing, that's when we seek the Lord with all our hearts, He's going to, and we're calling out to Him and we're praying and worshiping to Him, He's going to listen to us. The God of creation is going to listen to us. That doesn't mean He's going to do everything we're asking Him to do, but He's going to listen. He's available to us. And then verse 13, you'll seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, in verse 14, declares the Lord. I will bring you back from captivity and I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. Okay, so there's a lot, a lot going on there. But let's just think about this. I was, I was emphasizing the I on that last verse because God is saying that He is the one that is sending them into captivity. Now imagine this. 70 years being enslaved or in captivity away from your own homes, ripping, being ripped away, most of the people being killed in the process, being drugged off to some place, and God says, I did it. <laughs> I did it. It was my plan for you. But then in, right before he's saying that, he's saying, when you call to me, when you pray to me, I'm going to listen. But what's really interesting is each time, he, each time he says you, I know in English we like to just say you. I know in, in the South they, they, they don't just say you, they say what? Y'all. Okay, I know, we're, I know we're in the Midwest. But in the South they say y'all. And actually if, if you translated these verses here 
they would all be translated you all or y'all. So, I mean, that sounds kind of like God or Jeremiah, we don't think was like a southerner, you know, person saying y'all. But in English, we don't use you all, or at least in my vocabulary, we don't use you all very much. And in the translation of all the translations of the Bible, or most of them, it doesn't say you all. But it, it's in the second person plural. It is in plural. Each of these, when you look at, I encourage you, go and find, look this up in Hebrew, and you'll see every one of these in plural. That means it is you all, not just you, 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 you. So he's not, so Jeremiah and God is not saying you, I have a plan for you, and I have a plan for you, and if you seek me, he's saying you all as my people. As my people, if you, and there's another verse, if you, if you humble yourself and seek my face, then I'll return and, and, and heal this land. And, and it's similar to that, where it's, if you, as the people of God, choose me instead of everything else that you were choosing. I mean, why did, they, why did the people go into captivity? Because they were rejecting the Lord. They were rejecting the Lord, the God of Israel, and they were worshiping other gods, and they were defiling his name and doing all kinds of things that are terrible. And so God's plan was to send them into exile for 70 years, but to not forget about them. So you will seek me as a people, and you will find me as a people, declares the Lord, when you seek me with all of your heart. So I think it's okay that we think about this in an individual, in an individual way. Like, okay, if I seek the Lord with all my heart, I mean, that's good. We want to seek the Lord with all our heart. But it, this is beautiful because it's as a people. God has a plan for his people. Now, in this case, it was Israel. He had a plan for his people, Israel, that it would not be wiped out and destroyed and ruined and gone. That he would bring them back into, into the land and restore Israel to them. Now, it was a little different when they got back, but God has a plan and a purpose and a hope for us as a people. And I believe that applies to the New Testament church and the present-day church as well. That it is God's people that he has a plan for. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that there's no harm, there's nothing bad that's going to happen. If that was the case, we would have not just had a year of COVID. Right? Bad things are going to happen to good people. I know we don't like to think about that. I, don't, I know we don't like to expect that, but it's true. Bad things do happen to good people. And sometimes, even in these verses, we find out that it was actually God's plan and God's will. Now, I'm not trying to say He's causing harm, but He uses it for our good, like it says in Romans 8.28. All right, so God's plan was for these people, this people of Israel, to come back from captivity and have a heart all all out for pursuing God. And when we are pursuing God with all our heart, and I hope and my prayer is that we as a church are pursuing God with our whole hearts, then we're going to seek him and we're going to find him and we're going to be found by him. It says in verse 11, we're going to be found by him. 
In verse 12, it, I will come to you and I will fulfill my good promise and bring you back to the place. Because we are seeking after him. It doesn't mean each of us are going to make it to that place. And even when Jeremiah is writing this, it doesn't mean each of them that were listening to it were going to make it back to that place. But as a people of God, he had a plan and a purpose for them. And as we, as we look at this, this, this plan and this purpose, I wanted just to get back a little bit into what was this plan, what was God's plan this week? What, what were we seeing with the kids? What were they learning about this week? What was, what was their hope in? And, and this week, as we, as we looked at what the teachers were teaching these kids, there were some really neat things. And, and so I want to share just a clip, a few clips of Hopefully you can hear it. So Randy, make sure you turn it up loud enough of what these teachers were teaching. He did it. He absolutely did it. And what do you think happened? He's a king. You guys, you guys know the story, don't you? I'm telling you a story right now. It's not going to be enough. We can't do it on our own. We can't get to heaven on our own. We can't forgive our own sins. We can't do this by ourselves. We need Jesus. We say hallelujah. Jesus was raised from the dead. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's right. We, that is amazing. When we seek truth, well, who are we going to find? Jesus. Yes. All right. Back to the story in John. Remember, I'm telling you the story because it's a lot of material to read. But I want you to go home and I want you to read the story in your Bible. This is from John. of these teachers they they were excited about sharing the love and the truth of jesus with these kids and you heard some of the things that jane was saying we can't do it on our own we can't come to god on our own we need jesus we need jesus as our savior and and they were talking about the story of of how jesus came to earth and as he lived a, a perfect life and he, was, he died for our sins. And he was buried and now raised 
raised from the grave and now ascended to heaven. And so we're, you're hearing the truth of the gospel. These kids, some of them for the first time, may be hearing the truth of the gospel. And, and, and the Maynard was talking about how th- these artifacts prove, and they were looking at these different artifacts, the, the, the pool of Shalom and, and Caiaphas steps and, and the, the, the Dead Sea Scrolls. Some of these artifacts that are found, they can prove that the stories that were written in the Bible actually happened in those places. And so I just want to give you a peek of what, what each day was like. And so I know we did a three-day week instead of a five-day week, but the first day was that Jesus is the Savior God promised. And so the idea here was that from, from out of Isaiah 14, Jesus came as God's promised and that he was going to be a, from Isaiah, uh, Isaiah 9, 6, I think it's on the screen, that, that for unto us a child is born... And he will be given to us in Isaiah 9, 6. And, and that was the first day of this. And looking at what the truth is. Each day they're looking at what is the truth because they're seeking truth and finding Jesus. So what is the truth? And then how are we finding Jesus? And what did Jesus do? And so Jesus is the, the Savior God promised. And then in day two, it says that the, the truth was that Jesus demonstrated God's power. And so they looked at John 9, this this is how Jesus healed a blind man. And, and so, but then the, the point of it was that Jesus has the power that God promised. So God was talking about sending someone that was the Messiah, that was going to be the Savior of the world, that had power, and that Jesus is that Savior that had that power that he promised. And so in John 9, 32 and 33, they were, they were looking at it and they said, nobody has ever opened the eyes of a man born blind. So these people were like, well, how in the world this guy was blind and no one's ever opened their eyes? So they're saying, if this man were not from God, he could do nothing. So they're saying Jesus is from God. Jesus healed this blind man and he had the power of God. And then in day three, it was the, the truth was that Jesus was betrayed and rejected and killed. Uh, he died. And, and they looked at the story of Jesus' betrayal and, and his death and, his re- and, and, and all of that in the Gospels. And the, the point of the day was that Jesus knew what would still happen. Or he knew it would happen and he still followed God's plan. So even though Jesus knew that he was going to die a terrible criminal's death on the cross, he still trusted the Father's plan. And in Matthew 20, it says that the Son of Man, or actually in 20, verse 25, it says that Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and the high officials exercise authority over them. And in verse 26, he says, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be a slave. Another way of saying servant and be... And so in verse 28, just as the Son of Man, just as I, Jesus, he's saying, this is in red letters, Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve. His mission was to serve and to give. He gave his life as a ransom for many. And so that was the truth of day three that these kids heard, that Jesus died for their sins. They died for each of us. And then in day four, which was day three for us, 
that the truth was that Jesus died and rose again. And that the, the story, of course, was that Jesus is alive and, and what that means. And so Jesus fulfilled God's plan to be our Savior, but we have to choose to accept this free gift of salvation. And then in, in John 11, <clears throat> verse 25 and 26, it says, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And Jesus asked her, do you believe this? So Jesus is the resurrection. He is the life. He is the only way to, our per- to a perfect God. He's the only way. And I know a lot of people say, well, we can... There's different ways to get to the same destination. Jesus said, no. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the direction and the life. I am the only way. I am the gate. And, the, and the, the path is narrow. He said all these things. He's the only way to the Father. He's the only one that can give eternal life. Everlasting life. And then in day five, the truth was that the Bible is true. And, and most of the classes did not get to the, this part because it's day five. But uh, the story was about Philip telling the good news to the Ethiopian eunuch. And the truth, or the, the point of the day was that the Bible is true and it helps us understand or tell, uh, tell others about Jesus and understand Jesus. And so in Romans 1, it says this in verse 16, Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. So that we don't need to be ashamed of the gospel because the gospel brings life, brings power to everyone. And in this case, he was, he was saying first, to the, the, the people in the church or the Jews that accept Jesus, and then to the outside world, the Gentiles. And so this, is, this was what we were looking at this week. And, and our prayer is that kids would know this truth, this truth that Jesus is the only way to God. Jesus is the only one that has power and gives life, and they can embrace the love and truth of Jesus by giving their heart to him. And we talked about in our mission project, we talked each day about this family, the Berkey family that's out in Arizona. And John and Lindsay and their two kids, Hannah and Lily, they're they are missionaries that have been partners with Ivana churches. And, and they, are, they have this mission that was just for Native Americans, but recently it's changed into this they have this facility that they are now running and managing it, and they are trying to seek after kids that are in, that are coming out of the foster care program. And I want to show some statistics for this foster care program, so it's on the next slide. It, it says that what's happening is that over 800 young adults in Arizona will age out of foster care each year. And so 50% of them... Uh, they become homeless in the first year and a half. 50% of these. So all these kids, all these 18, 19-year-olds have no place to go and they're going on the streets. 
60% of these 800 a year of the men will be convicted of a crime. So if they're not on the street, a lot of them will be in jail. And 70% of the women will become pregnant in the next few years. So it's not much of a hope in a future for these people, is it? Jeremiah 29, we're looking at this hope in this future and we're seeking God with all our heart, but what's happening? A lot of people, and this is probably happening in, in most states, in most places, but John and Lindsay, their calling and their mission is to help these, these young adults in Arizona. And they have this place near Phoenix in Peoria that is it's called Christian Community Center. And they're providing a place where the, where the young adults can receive the love of Jesus, the hope of Jesus, and have a community or a place where they can belong. And so today, we're, I mentioned that last week, but the, today we have one more opportunity to bless them. And, and um, this week, the kids raised $1,456 during a three-day VBS. So we're really excited about that. And that's, that's pretty encouraging that these kids brought in all this money. But you also have a chance today to bless them too if you feel led to give. And so there's some baskets out there if you would like to give. You can always um, give with a check and put um, VBS Mission Project or you can put the um, Christian Community Center or John and Lindsay Berkey, whatever you want to do on the, on the memo line. But please, please consider giving. Um, that's our, for our mission project. And they are, you know, they are proclaiming the gospel. They are proclaiming the good news and loving these kids out in Arizona. And one way we can be doing that here is having things like VBS, having things like what Kenny said earlier, that we're having opportunities to invite people to come to a non-threatening environment. Like tonight, we have a bounce house. And we have, like, we're going to be having food, like pizza and ice cream and, and playing kickball. And, like, we're going to be just, like, having fun together. So whatever your age is, please come out tonight. And, and, and not just come out, but call a friend or text a friend, especially if they have young kids, especially if they don't have a church to go to or they don't know about the love of Jesus. We want to have opportunities like this to let people know about this community of people that love Jesus, and we want to share the love of Jesus with them too. And if they say, no, we can't come tonight, guess what? You can say, hey, next week on Father's Day, we're having a church picnic outside. We'd love to have you come. It's at 1030 in the morning. We're going to be outside on our, on our property here. So bring a lawn chair, put some sunscreen on, and come and worship with us. You know, and we'll, we'll have some fun activities afterwards. We'll have sky ball, and we'll do different things. But have them come. So you have two great opportunities tonight or next week or both to be inviting people to, to share the love and the hope of Jesus with. And that's an easy thing to do. And, you know, we've been saying proclaim the gospel. Well, the first, one of the first steps is getting to know people. And like one way we can get to know people in an easy way is just like have some pizza with them, hang out with them, you know, like come and come to a place Come to a place where maybe they would never come to on, another, on a regular basis. Maybe it's too scary to come into the church building on a Sunday morning. But if they meet a lot of you guys, I remember when I met you guys a couple of years ago, I mean, I was in a little different circumstance, but I, I saw the way you guys loved Jesus. And I saw how you wanted people to also feel the love of Jesus. And if I felt that, I'm sure others will too. So invite people 
to come tonight, come to our church uh, picnic next week that's going to be outside. And in conclusion, I just wanted to remind us, seek truth, find Jesus. Seek truth, find Jesus. Okay, the kids are doing this well. Seek truth, find Jesus. Oh, there we go. That's a lot better. Okay, so what are we going to do? We're going to be after God's heart. And he's going to find us when we are all out seeking after him. When we are really seeking after him, like the PL verb tense, or the, the stem says in Hebrew. When we are really, really seeking after him, when we are really going all out after God in all our hearts, he's going he's gonna to show us himself. He's going to find us, and he's going to meet with us, the God of the universe. So when we seek him and we find his truth, then Jesus who is our living hope. And let's, what the next song is going to say, let's praise the one, the G- Jesus, praise the one who has set us free. Death has lost its grip on me, and Jesus has broken every chain, and there's salvation in Jesus' name. And Jesus Christ is our only and our living hope. So let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you are a living hope. We thank you that we serve a God that loves us so much that came down from heaven to earth to live a life and showed us how we can be in relationship with you, that you died on a cross and that you